0: Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good day. This is Unleashed, Unapologetically. This is where our voices meet. This is where we elevate, motivate you to transform yourself. Empty, but. It is not only empty, it's where we have our guests who come in and bring us all the great values and sights and even their stories. So today I have the beautiful, wonderful, genuine Stormy Lewis with us. And it's her birthday. So happy birthday to you, Stormy. <laughs> I haven't even done your introduction yet, but I just wanna say happy birthday to you. And on behalf of my entire audience happy birthday Thank you very much. <laughs> so I, let me introduce you to um, stormy for those of you who are listening stormy is your typical girl next door she's from kansas city she lived there and she has an extraordinary life stormy i and stormy met in a group that we were part of and we have been connected since right stormy we met we talked we connect and she is just calm genuine with a beautiful voice and all you want to do is listen to her talks about all her cats because she's a cat lover (laughs) so she is also a dancer stormy danced she had worked and served as a bartender, professional ballerina, dancer, and tap dancer, and jazz dancer. Oh my God, all the things that I wanted to do, you know, (laughs) you're gonna have to teach me how to dance because there's some certain part of dancing I still don't know about. (laughs) So I'm hoping that you could one day. And, but it's not just that. She had something in her that makes you want to connect with her, want you to learn from her and from her mind that is always working she went into that journey and she started it by writing a trilogy and she started and we're gonna talk about her first published book and by the way if you haven't yet looked into it the title of the book is called the key So it could be the key to anything, but as we unwrap this, you are going to know what she is talking about in her book, The Key. I can tell you, I love the cover of that (laughs) book, Stormy. (gasps) Something about the cover, so intriguing. It like calls for curiosity. So Stormy, let's talk. All right. (laughs) So tell us about you. Tell us about what got you into starting writing, from dancing to living an extraordinary life and wanting to work with young children into now an author.
1: Oh, um, yes. I feel I'm very much a master of uh, nothing but a jack of all trades of a lot of things. I actually just last night found a folder um, of old poetry and short mm. stories that I used to write in like high school and junior high and stuff. So I was looking through that, um, and it, and that was always kind of fun. I uh, I have always. Been a lover of books. Um, I actually, without knowing it, have been bipolar my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so when I was really manic and I couldn't sleep at night, I would be under the covers reading with a flashlight. Um, Just I couldn't sleep. I had Mm insomnia really bad. Um, And I got bullied a lot, just like anybody else, um, because kids kind of found out that they, um, that I couldn't control my emotions and they got really good at trying to make me lash out because Mm -hmm. of that, so it was kind of hard. Um, I did, I was, I've been dancing since I was probably two and um, did that for about half my life. Um, I went to a really amazing dance studio here in Blue Springs called White Oak Dance Academy and Miss Joe was uh, the studio owner, and she was one of those that she rarely yelled at you. And this was back when mm. you could, like actually smacked kids and not get in trouble. <laughs> but she never, nobody ever laid a hand on us. But her punishment was um, if you disrespected your teacher, you had to sit outside of the class and wait for your parents to come pick you up. And then what? you would stand there while you explained while you were, why you were wasting their hard earned money, <sighs> disrespecting a teacher. <laughs> oh yeah, she was, she was like Oprah before Oprah was big. She just demands so much, you know, respect and stuff. And she taught us everything. Um, it was so much more than just dance. And we mm-hmm. actually did like, um, Dance masters of America and dance educators, Mm because they required you to take convention classes the next day um, with the judges. And so she wanted us to be well rounded, but she always made sure that we understood it wasn't ever about the trophy, it was about learning from all ages and all genres and all backgrounds. And you can learn something from a two-year-old to a 99-year-old and mm-hmm. that, um, a lot of my good morals and um, values really came from growing
0: up at that dance studio. That is beautiful, that is beautiful. Now you went into being, a you know, that part of dancer to you said to even serving as a bartender, and those were your year of. I, I I could assume you were in your teenage years, right?
1: Oh yeah, I was. Um, I I was dancing. I used to study in New York um, on scholarship, and mm-hmm. uh, I did dance, and I ended up in Vegas to help my sister out because she was having relationship problems. So I went out to Vegas, and. Um, it was really kind of cool because I got to be a professional dancer. I got to, you know, which most people are like, oh, your name's Stormy and you were in Vegas. No, and <laughs> I'm not that kind of dancer. <laughs> <They> classically trained. <laughs> and uh, you know, but I also I knew I couldn't dance forever. So I actually went to college and got my degree in sign language interpreting. Mm -hmm. I was actually a nationally certified interpreter and I did that for like eight years and I did medical and uh you know concerts and met tons of people um and then that kind of started wearing on me too and uh I decided I needed to grow up and be an adult like everybody else so I got I went back to school and actually got my bachelor's in marketing and management Mm -hmm. so um while I was doing that, um, I actually have a couple of books already on Amazon. They're nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, my actual book story came from being in an abusive marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to really break my people-pleasing habits. Um, and I had to kind of find myself because being bipolar, I wanted to be liked by everyone. And it was, it was just a really hard struggle for me and it became almost an addiction. I had to make other people happy. And it, I ended up in uh, an abusive marriage. Um, he was military, he had a lot of ghosts and he had a mm. problem. So he came back from Iraq and he just wasn't the same and then his brother died. And it got to the point where I just really kind of hated myself and the person I was becoming um, in that relationship. So I, uh, I did walk out and I left and I was doing the marketing program and there wasn't an internship. So I started writing a blog and that's where Chasing Stormy actually came from. Mm -hmm. And I would get on Groupon and I would just get random coupons and (laughs) then I would go and try things. And one of them was like a yoga class. And then that yoga class turned into a trip to Belize for a week. But she didn't tell me that it was more of a couple's trip so I showed up by myself and I'm like hey what's up peeps <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of fun and um, there I really I was trying to step outside of my comfort zone and just find out who I was mm-hmm. you know um, so I could like myself again because I got to the point where I didn't mm. and uh, I ended up I'm afraid of heights and I climbed the tallest Mayan temple and almost drowned when I was little. I don't like water on my face and I still went snorkeling. and So I did a lot of things that trip and I really grew. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to share the story of my marriage because I was kind of hoping that maybe if I could show people how far I'd come, Mm -hmm. it would give them the encouragement to walk away as well. So somebody said to write a book. And so I did, I wrote it all in spring break, um, one week and a a friend edited it. And then right before I published it, he actually ended up passing. And that was like, do I not publish this? Like people are gonna be mad. And, but a lot of people ask me why publish a non-fiction book and put yourself out there like isn't it scary don't you worry about what people will say mm-hmm. and I just really thought about it and I thought if I could change one person's life mm-hmm. then it would it so I put it out there um, and I was surprised that a lot of people were kind of coming up to me going wow like I had no idea because The first part of the book was like me finding myself and sharing my story and Mm -hmm. you know I'm a nerd and I'm just kind of silly. And Mm -hmm. was like, well, I suck at archery and I almost nailed somebody with my bow and arrow, but at (laughs) least I (laughs) tried. You tried. (laughs) And then I left the pieces of my marriage that I shared at the very end. And the girl that was helping me publish it on Amazon was like, why don't we put this at the beginning? And I said, because I want people to understand that these events don't define who you are. They're just a part of the journey. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I want them
1: to see how far I grew by walking away. Oh, by the way, because that way, when they read the end, they're like, well, if she could walk away from that and still be OK. Then so can I. Yes, so I put that out. Um, but then I went off and I finished and I graduated and I. Um, Was just working on getting out of debt and working with kids on bullying and stuff like that because that's a big topic for me but Mm -hmm. um COVID hit and my job it can be very negative unfortunately and people kind of like call to yell at you basically because it's customer service and that's what they do (laughs) but Mm. I was like, I got to find something to work on so that I don't drown in the negativity that's going on right now. And uh, I called a friend and I was talking to her and I was like, I really feel like I need to write again. And she's like, well, what do you want to write? And I was like, I don't know. And I said, I guess I can write a chapter too, but I don't feel like I've like really accomplished much since I put the first book out. Like I've just been working and paying off debt. <laughs> and. Uh, I said, but my mom had made a comment one time about how I should look into writing fiction, because she said I really draw people in with my writing. And she's like, you could be like Nora Roberts. uh, (laughs) So... I when I was telling her that she was like, "Well, do you have any stories?" And I said, "Well, I had started this story. I'd actually started the key as a short story back okay. when I was in 7th grade." Okay. And I finished it. And I was like, "So I was kind of telling her about it." And she was like, "Oh my gosh, you have to make that a book. I want to read it." And so I kind of played with the idea for a couple of days. And then I was like, well, let's see what comes out. Cause I don't have a copy of it anymore. Um, so I just sat down and wrote a couple of pages. And then my friend Mario that lives in the apartment complex with me read it. And he, suddenly he was like, this would be a perfect trilogy. And I'm like, it's not even one book. <laughs> it's not even a chapter. Are you kidding me right now? But it, there was something enticing about taking on that challenge. And mm-hmm. so I was like, fine, we'll make it a trilogy. And I started to get nervous because it's funny because when I write it, it really writes itself.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the fight scene that takes place at the house what I thought would come at the end of the book. And it was like towards the middle. And I was like, oh no, well will I have anything to write to the book. <laughs> So um, I spend a lot of time when the weather is nice. I walk around the apartment complex and talk the story out to myself to like fill in the gaps and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm sure everybody thinks I'm like, a schizophrenic, but because <laughs> I'm always talking to myself when I'm walking around <laughs> and I'm answering myself too, I'm really good at that. Um, but we I I managed to finish the book and I'm very excited, and and now I really like even while I was writing it, I was like, oh, I want to put a teaser for the next couple of books, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it was definitely a different experience because when you do a nonfiction, you're really just re you know, rethinking about what had already happened, but this was forcing me to really like dig deep and see how creative I still was at 41 versus being (laughs) in the seventh grade, you know, so. But uh, everybody, and then I I let like you and a couple of other people read it um, just to see, and everybody went nuts. And I was like, oh wow, this could actually be something. (laughs)
0: of it. It's not the typical beginning, you know, starting book. And I was like, oh, wait, it, <laughs> where were they? <laughs> Just like that, she started running? Running to where? <laughs> She's running. She's <laughs> here <waiting> for nobody. <laughs> but before we get into the part of, you know, some parts of the stories in the book, you mentioned something that I think everyone who's listening i'm hoping that you i my favorite word you like you are taking notes um because you you said something um stormy about sometimes you go through the journeys of life just so you could find yourself you could know who you are and with the event of having to be bipolar when you you know and then having to be bullied when you were in school those were experiences of life that were also guiding you to become the person that you are now and then having to be in a marriage that when you thought you had given yourself in your heart and you realize that all you were doing is pleasing others and i like you know and i'm quoting that because that's something all of us we do whether it is somebody you know close to us as a family members or best or best friends um husbands or wives or partners sometimes we let ourselves in by you know, because we want to please, we want to do the best and not realize that you can always do the best. You can always be there and please and serve, but you also have to put you first and you also have to serve yourself because in order for you to give out what you have to others, you have to give it to yourself because you need to know what's in and the 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 part where you share that. At the time when you were about to release the book about your life stories and you were open to share your life stories, you still had to come for you know forward to some obstacles of your ex-husband past. Now, what are people going to say? And you know, again, it clicked into the mindset of okay, do I or do I not release? But you by releasing it, you're not releasing to police people, you are releasing the part of you that was confined, you know, the part of you that was boxed in that you didn't know existed. Right. So that's pretty much, you know, what I have heard through the first part of what we talked about. And now we're getting closer to entering the second part, which is now you are diving into writing from, you know, a nonfiction, something of your own stories to a fiction where people can imagine them as well, leaving, you know, the life of Sophie. So Sophie, Sophie Lee is the main person in the story. And Sophie was given a key to carry, right? And yes. her position is that she forgot where she hid it after yes. an accident. So yes. give us, you know, about Sophie, because I'm reading and I'm like, okay, then James, it seems that they were having fun with Tina and then of course, James had to go on a you know walk and then finding out somebody is there as well in the woods, <laughs> running, <laughs> putting himself in trouble.
1: <laughs> well, I grew up obviously reading a lot of books. Um, even by the second grade, I had literally read every single book in our library um which I actually mentioned Sophie does the same Um, and I used to watch movies a lot um from sci-fi to Stephen King with my dad and my mom was Doris Day and Star Trek like it was just a wide (laughs) things and um but I always, when I was really down, like some kids have like an invisible friend that they mm-hmm. develop to kind of help them or like have that security blanket and things like that. And um, I always envisioned Sophie. She just didn't have a name, but she was a badass version of me that like uh, somebody would die to fall in love with and it would be love at first sight and she would save the world and all that stuff um and so i grew up always thinking about sophie she just Mm -hmm. never had a before and uh so it's kind of fun to go back and I spent a lot of time before I started writing and even while I was writing to make myself go back to that kid version of what I always imagined Sophie was. I would watch like the old 80s and 90s movies and um, I was listening to old school music and I got off sh- social media for a little while because I didn't like I wanted to have that positivity bubble kind mm-hmm. of thing for me. And I really wanted to dig deep and go back to when I was a kid. What I, how much I wanted Sophie to succeed and stuff like that. And so, um, Sophie, poor little Sophie, is on the run from the get-go, <laughs> and her father has given her a key. And the problem is, is that James is at a party with his friends, mm-hmm. um, and they. His friend Tina, who's already married to his best friend Ben, they kind of all grow up together. But uh, Tina's insisting that James needs to be in love like her because she doesn't think he's complete without having somebody else like Mm -hmm. she and so she's always setting him up. So they're at a party, and he just is like, I need to get out of here and breathe. So he goes to take a walk. And that's where he meets meets Sophie because Sophie's actually running from an ops team that is trying to capture her and take her in. Um, But in the process, she ends up getting run over by a van, which gives her immediate amnesia. Amnesia. Mm -hmm. And this is a problem because there is a man with the cane that really wants Sophie to come in and be like a personal assassin for him and uh so he's just constantly chasing her and now she can't remember who she is she can't, she doesn't even know she has the key to begin with and um the man with the cane wants the key because her father was a scientist and developed something mm. for him to kind of control the world with and uh so he wants them both mm-hmm. um so it's it, sophie spends a lot of time going through memories, um, which everybody loves the cover, and it is Sophie opening a door. And I thought the best way to kind of access those memories for her was to kind of always put her in front of a wooden door door. and to open that door to get into her subconscious and um, see those memories and find out who she is. Um, And so that's what's on the cover, and that's why um, I was like, we have to do it this
0: way. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, from the get-go, Sophie, I I mean, I love that she she appeared athletic, you know, she's athletic, and she, even James, because it, it seems like the minute they fall into, you know, seeing each other, they liked each other right away because she's looking at him and he's looking at her the way, you know, here she goes, killing people. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible, but. Killing people who are chasing her, you know, um, hey, she must be really badass. Uh, we're not oh, even God. joking, <laughs> but I really, um, what I want to know is that when you, when you were reframing the picture and portraying picture of um, Sophie, was that a part of you that you saw in Sophie that you all, you, you know that, okay, there's a, there's a part, because remember earlier when we were talking about, um, your life, um, you know, you were joining into the yoga and then you ended up going to, you know, Belize and then you end up, there's that part of you that live oh. through curiosity oh yeah every character <laughs> honestly
1: every character that is written in this book comes from a piece of someone mm-hmm. um, sophie is that athletic girl that i always wanted to be but yeah my body's not like hers these days but <laughs> you <laughs> know like uh, she's smart and she's too smart for her own good and She's kind of a smart Alec. Um, that definitely comes from me, um, even her hair. I was mm-hmm. like, I actually, because I used to model for Paul Mitchell in Vegas, mm-hmm. and the rule was your hair always had to be dark for the fall and bright in the summer. And so I, when I started writing about Sophie, I was like, Sophie, we're going to have dark hair. I colored mm-hmm. my hair dark. But uh, it is kind of fun because to me, she's everything that kind of like, I always wanted to be she, but she still has that innocence to her because Mm she really doesn't know what she really remembers and what she doesn't. By the end of the book, she has a better understanding, but there's still like her teenage years that are still missing that she's gonna go back and find in the second one. And um, like her parents, you know, Um, Her dad, I'm very much a daddy's girl. Her dad is very much the younger version of my father. Um, And then um, she comes across another character, Bill, uh, later in the story. And he's like the older version of my father, you know. And Clarice, kind of like my sister, you know. Mm -hmm. So
0: Mm -hmm. So in some part of those, there's always someone is relating to somebody close to you and i guess you know by is that what makes the story even more intriguing and more into because for me it's like there's that personality between hearing James and Tina and then Tina telling, you know, Ben, hey, just because, you know, you drive a certain way and I love packing and getting things ready. Hey, you know, I don't tell you what to do. You don't tell me what to do. But there's still that, you know, co- um, base communication always around all of them as a teen, you know, where yeah, all of very, them work.
1: Yeah, they like to tease each other. Um, I think that really comes up with Brian, my dad's Henry and uh, they always said I was Barry junior like we're just very even to today um, when I got sick this week and I had a cold he was like hey if you're hot or because I kept saying I was cold because I had a fever or whatever and he was like hey strip naked drink tequila and run around you (laughs) You know like he's he's always and I, you know, my mother, I don't think finds him nearly as humorous as I do anymore. But, <laughs> but my dad was just always—he had—he grew up with three other brothers, and guess mm-hmm. he likes to have like help me understand conversations with customer service, like he's just hilarious. I just love mm-hmm. him. That. Mm-hmm. So I think um, our relationship really came into play in a, uh, multiple characters, like you said. Um, but I, that's how I am with my friends. I'm very, you know, smart Alec and Martine gives me a hard time. She's like, you're always cracking me up because I'm just, <laughs> you know, and I say whatever's on my mind. Um, that, uh, that comes from Nana, his mom. Uh, okay. Nana turns 88 next year in January on Elvis's birthday, and I just I. It, it was always those two people are like the most special people to me because we had that kind of relationship where right. it was in not yeah. hurtful, it was just like kind of a teasing, Yeah. you know, going back and forth. And um, so I wanted them, I wanted to show that closeness of them mm-hmm. um, and that they can tease each other and they can get mad at each other and they get furious with each other. But in the end of the day, they're still they consider themselves to be family so family Mm -hmm. is very big in this first book and it's actually going to trickle all the way through all books but my thing is is um you know like my sister and I are not close she never wanted to have a sister and we actually don't still talk today and it's just because I couldn't deal with being the only one upset about trying to get her to love me you know mm-hmm. and so like at 29 I had to call it quits because I was just mm. like I can't, you cannot make somebody love you who doesn't and um so I've always been in a huge mindset that family isn't just blood it's yes. the people that are close to you and they're the people that you you can choose who mm-hmm. your family is and so i wanted to really share that with everybody and remind them that i mean these three people are no blood relation to sophie but they consider her family and they call her family Mm -hmm. and you know um so yeah it's it's really i made sure to make that a a idea throughout the trilogy because you're gonna see how everybody inter- you know, is connected because more people are connected than you even realize, mm-hmm. and, and you know, uh, some of that blood, we all have those family, <laughs> here, like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have your close family that like isn't blood but you can call them up in a second yes and they show up no no Mm -hmm. and so you know to me family is blood but sometimes the ones that aren't are the strongest and most important people yes
0: I love that. I love what you said because it is true. The the ones, sometimes you find the closest to you, they are the ones who are not related to you. And they form the circle that you know you need. Because we all have a circle that we fit in so well. And sometimes the circle, there are times we break the circle because of things that we say or do. But when a circle is really strong, guess what? We come back to it, you know? Um, if we don't come back to it, it's because maybe it needed to be broken and stay broken. But when we come back to it, it means that that's a strong circle. And these are people that are always going to stay whenever you need. And I know that you know, on this beautiful day of celebration, because you're celebrating your birthday, and you're yeah. celebrating. I all month, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh you, you're just like me, because that's what I do. I celebrate an entire month. The fe- I'm February, by the way, because I think you did say your parents are February. My parents are February. What yeah. date of, in February are they?
1: They're actually two weeks apart. My dad is the 8th, and my mom's the 25th. So. Oh, really?
0: I'm on the 16th. Nice. You're right. <laughs> So, yeah, we are like Aquarius, but your mom is Pisces. Yeah, yeah. my mom got the Pisces train, so. Mm-hmm.
1: So, and yeah, and. I'm all the way at the end, I, I'm a Scorpio, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you're just off. about to hit becoming a Sagittarius, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that-
1: yeah, I was supposed to be born on Halloween, but just like anything else, I was being stubborn and didn't come home. <laughs>
0: No time, no time to be stubborn. Well, you did listen to your voice because with the key, now everybody is going to be just like Sophie chasing after that key. And the key is not just, you know, the key that she had to hold in her hand, but it was also the key to her mind. And that's what makes it beautiful because it's like, you know, each time she opens up something that is part of her memory. And if we take that reality into our reality, right? We take it in our everyday life. There's something about our memory, something that we always go back to and we try to open up the door, you know, just so we could happen into something new. It's lovely. Yeah,
1: I also, and it's, it's really funny because I'll sit down and like I said, I'll start writing. And even if I have an idea in my mind, like, it'll go off <laughs> into another direction. And then I get done writing it. And that's the worst part of be, about being an author is I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> and you want to share it with somebody, but nobody wants to hear you because they want to wait till the book is done. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to tell somebody? Um, but uh, we've been talking about family and love and everything. And that's another big thing. You were talking about keys. Um, and Her family, so she sees a lot of memories with her parents, but Mm -hmm. there are a few opportunities where her memories interact with her. So her parents interact with her because they know that they were taken when she was really young and Mm -hmm. struggling now. And so her memories actually become live and her mom interacts with her and her dad interacts with her. And it doesn't happen every time Mm -hmm. like they're very it's very specific on when it does but that's also to remind you that just because somebody passes doesn't mean that they're gone yes and so like sophie's parents throughout the whole book are waking her up when the bad guys are near her and Mm -hmm. telling her to run and go up Mm -hmm. catch the train when she's too weak to keep going they are the ones that are like you have to fight Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah so I really liked how that turned out as well although girl I gotta tell you all those fight scenes they're exhausting (laughs) (laughs) there is an epic battle oh my
0: goodness
1: I Was I called my dad? I was like, I need a nap. I've been fighting today. (laughs) Like I felt like I was Sophie fighting (laughs) the whole entire time.
0: I mean, the climbing up the trees, the running, the Uh, yeah, like ongoing and (laughs) non-stopping. is a trained
1: assassin and so she had to have all those skills but yeah I'm always exhausted every time a fight scene comes and when um that last fight scene took a lot out of me and I was like okay well I wrote it I'll be fine well then you have to, you have to edit it a couple of times and I'm like oh, I'm tired again like <laughs> I, I definitely feel very tied to the characters like when people die if they're good like i ball while i'm typing on my computer oh my <laughs> like, <goodness. laughs> i have such an emotional tie and when sophie fights i'm exhausted and like it's i was not expecting that but um i think it actually turned out to be good because i'm hearing that because I put so much of myself into this that other people feel tied to the character as well and they are also exhausted and you know can't wait and and so yeah I'm very excited to share this story with people
0: yes recommending to all of you who are in the audience listening, ladies and gents, look for it. Go to Stormy Lewis's website and it's called ChasingStormy.com if you want to know where exactly to go to and get your book. It was not released yet, but I had my book and I enjoyed it reading it and I can tell you I am not all the way at the end because hey if you want to know it's a very very thick book. That means there's a lot (laughs) to read into, okay? And if you want to be part of living the story of Sophie and understanding, you know, how her connection with the others in the stories, how they built, and then her relationship with her mom and her dad, you know, her saviors and herself being her own savior at times, you know, or many times in the stories, then go ahead and grab your book. It will be the key book that you will be giving yourself for this holiday coming up. Yes. That's the best book to have with a great hot cocoa. Okay. Yes. Sitting next to the tree <laughs> and then have your fireplace on and ready to just stay on your PJs all day reading and enjoying. But yes, ladies and gents, make sure you grab your copy of this book by Stormy Lewis. And I want to wish her, cause she's getting ready to go and have a party. <laughs> and I could not be so happy, you know, any happier to have you today on the day that you release your book, on your birthday as well, to talk about the story of Sophie and her adventure and all that is next to come in. We cannot wait to hear and read more of those stories. So please, thank you. Thank you to your mom and your dad for pushing you, you know, into diving into that story. And what it does, it brings into and intrigues the curiosity within, you know, anyone who's someone who likes to live in curiosity that's what it does it entices your mind to want to read it more and to want to know more and to actually chase you know what's happening in the story so it's beautiful thank Thank you you so much so
1: thank you for having me um i love your podcast i love everything that you represent I love that you give people empowerment to share their story and find their way. And uh, it has been a true pleasure to be on here today. Yes, oh my gosh, thank you, thank
0: you, thank you. Ladies and gents, it was unleashed unapologetically. I'm hoping that you enjoy your afternoon, you enjoy your week and everything that you are doing, do it intentionally because we are here to empower you. We are here to remind you that you have a voice, but it's not just the voice. You have the key to the living the life that you want to live. And on that, please go ahead, www.chasingstormy.com and grab your book. Do not wait. I'm telling you, do not wait, get your book until then I'll speak to you very soon. Bye-bye, everyone.